Welcome to the Newsmakers Podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell, and this is a show where we go behind the headlines every day to bring you an interview with a pastor, entertainer, politician, or other notable news figure. And this is a show, again, it's daily, but it's based on our weekly TV show, which is also called Newsmakers. You can watch it on the CBN News Channel and also on our YouTube page. And on this show, every day, we dive deep. It's a little more longer form with one of the people who you will often see on our Newsmakers show or across the CBN News platforms. A UK woman who has had at least three run-ins with law enforcement, including two arrests for silently praying outside of abortion clinics, will join us to talk about her battle. Her name is Isabel Vaughn Spruce. She's a pro-life volunteer and the co-director of March for Life UK. With no further ado, here is Isabel Vaughn Spruce. Isabel, your story has been international. It has gone viral repeatedly. You have now had three run-ins with law enforcement over silently praying outside of abortion clinics, but in these buffer zones. And we'll get into all of that. But tell us about this latest issue that you had just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so as you say, this comes on off the back of um, being arrested, being acquitted of that. Um, having gone to court, but the most recent time was um, simply just standing again near the abortion centre, silently saying my prayers, not holding any posters or leaflets, not engaging with anyone in any way. And the police came and told me that they were going to issue me with a fixed penalty notice if I didn't move outside the zone. Um, Obviously, I, I told them that I didn't believe I needed to because all I was doing was silently praying. And so they gave me with the ticket Um, which I was later told um, if I came again, I would get a fixed penalty notice. Um, So that seems to be saying that this time I haven't had one, even though they gave me a ticket at the time. Um, But again, it's just really, really confusing. Um, The the messages I'm getting from the police, you know, to, to be going to court, to be acquitted, to having an email from them saying they're dropping charges and and now coming out again. um, It's actually quite intimidating. Well, why do you think that, Isabel, they keep doing this? I mean, you've had, as you said, you've been acquitted twice. You've been arrested, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, And there was even a senior official in the UK who said, you know what, it's not illegal to be praying silently. So it seems like this should not be a thing, and yet it becomes a thing again and again. Why do you think they keep targeting you? I mean, it feels like they must know who you are. This has gone viral. It's not like they don't know who you are. So why do you think this continues to happen to you? Yeah, you're quite right. Our, our own Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, made it clear to the police forces that, that silent prayer is not a crime. And yet I do feel that the, the certainly the local police where I am are, are more ideologically or politically driven um, rather than focusing on actually just, um, you know, ensuring that the law is, is adhered to. Um, and, and I know that they are quite possibly under pressure from um, locals in the area, who, some of them who, who very much have a different you know, ideological perspective, and the abortion provider, who I know, you know contacts the police. But th- they shouldn't be at the beck and call of any particular group. They, they are there to, um, like I say, just be there to, to ensure that the law is, is enforced. Um, But sadly, I do think that some of them are are being more driven by their own ideologies. uh, And this is becoming quite evident in in the way that they're policing at the moment, which which is, again, very, very concerning that uh, and quite discriminatory that, you know, because my silent prayers are directed towards God, um, that they're they're going to try and um, move me on. 
you know, that that is effectively religious discrimination. And, and we know that that is the issue because they were specifically saying, you know, are you praying? What were you praying about? Like it's anyone else's business. What What's going on inside my head and, and who my prayers are for? Um, it, it's just outrageous that the police are asking these questions. Well, I know there was one officer who said to you, I have the quote in front of me, you've said you've been engaging in prayer, which is the offense. And that was, I think, the second time that you had dealt, you know, with this. And so they they have flat out said this to you. You know, Lois, I want to turn to you for a moment here because ADF UK has been working on these cases and Isabel is not the only person who has faced this, who has come under scrutiny, been arrested or had to go to court over silently praying outside of these clinics. Can you explain to people what these buffer zones are and why this is considered even you know, criminal behavior in the minds of some of these officers? Sure, yeah, you might think that these stories come from 1984, but no, we are in fact in the UK in 2023. Now the legislation or the local ordinances uh, that we have been dealing with so far have been put in place by uh, councils in uh, small town areas, and they typically ban an area of a few streets uh, or several streets uh, that surround an abortion facility. Now they were advocated as part of a plan to uh, reduce harassment against women and ADF and Isabel and everybody who's involved in this absolutely condemns harassment against women in any circumstance. But unfortunately, the legislation is so vaguely worded and confusing um, and broad that it even bans um, offering help to somebody, offering a leaflet, offering charitable support praying and now we're to understand that officers are even interpreting this as to apply to silent prayer um of course we all know that uh freedom of thought is protected in international law as well as domestic law which is why um, these uh, cases again and again are hitting the courts uh, because freedom of thought is absolute uh, and we're pleased that isabel has been acqu acquitted now uh twice in court and and a third time the uh the the fine was not followed through uh, but we need urgent clarity uh, from the government um to say and to spell out uh, that this cannot keep happening and that silent prayer is not a crime. So uh, Braverman has said this before, but we need this to be uh, drafted into guidance in uh, as people are interpreting the law uh, as an official source. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much going on there, and this is so alarming. Isabel, I want to come back to you on this because you have gone through, this has been very public, these videos have gone viral, and, and you know, a lot of times you don't have video footage showing something happening, but in these cases, there has been video showing you interacting with these officers. We've had a chance to watch everything that's happened, but there's been a lot of fallout. Obviously, dealing with being arrested over this, dealing with all of the public attention on it, how have these arrests and these incidents impacted your heart and your life? Um, well, it, it, two ways, really. On, on, on one level, um, it has been quite stressful in as much as it almost makes you feel quite vulnerable that the people who should be protecting your freedoms are the ones who seem attempting to deprive you of them. And, and that puts you in, 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 like I say, quite a vulnerable position. Um, but on the other hand, the amount of support I've received from people who have told me, you know, um, you know, that they they actually support abortion, but they still support, you know, my right and other people's right to be able to pray where they want to pray. Um, people who say that they don't have any religious beliefs, but they still recognize that that people's um, own private thoughts, whether they're directed towards their God or not, are their own business. And that's really encouraging to see that people can recognize what's going on here. Um, and of course, the, the fallout of this is that 
in these neighborhoods where there has been you know some division about this issue we know it's a, a very emotive issue it hasn't helped that neighborhood at all the, the division has grown wider and wider um even those people who are who are praying outside this buffer zone um you know are, are meeting um a lot of aggression from those who who you know disapprove of their ideological beliefs they're meeting um you know physical aggression having their property stolen so um those people um who've moved further away who aren't even inside the buffer zone they're still you know being actually physically attacked as well as sworn at spat at all these kind of things from people who disagree with them it hasn't helped create any kind of peace it's just breeding more intolerance in that neighborhood Lois, you know, but before we go here, because th there's really so much here, we could talk for an hour and a half about this. Um, what are you hoping to see happen in this case and in all of these cases in terms of settling this so that Isabel doesn't continue to have to interact with police every time she's silently praying um, anywhere, let alone outside of a clinic? How do we how do we solve this? Sure. Uh, well, first, we want to bring these cases to the attention of the world and to the British government so they can see that um, these laws are going as far as to criminalize innocent people who are doing great and good and helpful things like Isabel and like our other clients you can find out about on our website. And um, we want to make sure that the government see how this um, loosely worded uh, ordinance is being interpreted so that when they, and they are seeking to roll these measures out across the country, when they do so, um, they are issuing clear instructions to the police and to prosecutors that this does not apply to silent prayer. It does not apply to the space that is held inside people's heads. And I think they should go as far as to say that it does not apply to consensual conversations between adults in those spaces so that we can protect that public space for everybody to enjoy their freedom of expression and of thought and to engage in meaningful and helpful conversations. Isabel, any final comments from you on this? Because you're the one who's been dealing with the brunt of it and speaking out boldly. Well, it, it is a really sad situation, but I think maybe it is a reminder of how powerful our prayers are. Um, I'm only doing what I've been doing for about 20 years, you know, praying for women in these very difficult situations. Um, and I know many, many women who've been really, really grateful for that, whether they've continued with their abortion or not. It's been a very difficult day for them and they've appreciated somebody being there who genuinely cares about them. Um, and maybe, as I say, it's a reminder of, of how far our prayers go and how, how much that they do work, that there is um, such an uproar about this. People recognize that, that prayer does have an impact. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on, and we'll have you back as this continues to develop. Thanks for your time. Thank you thank so much, you. That's all for today's Newsmakers podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of the show and also head over to the CBN News YouTube channel and the CBN News channel to watch Newsmakers every week. We'll see you soon.